Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm appreciating doing, um, we're recording on Zoom, and I appreciate doing this with that video. I'm getting a little tired of the video scene. <laughs> oh, completely, completely. There was, um, did you read that New York Times article about why Zoom is actually not the miracle thing that everybody thinks it is? Because, I, you know, like nobody makes eye contact on Zoom. It's totally true. It is like, so true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like, you know what, I've been doing the remote thing for two decades now, and mm-hmm. I did it without video all these years. Yes. <laughs> it can be accomplished. Yes, I know. I know. That's the thing, you know, that, that to me, it was, it was really a newsflash that not everybody used Zoom because, yeah. you know, for AMR, we're all scattered around the country. We've used it for quite a while. And I'm actually going to send that New York Times article to some of my colleagues and say, hey, can we go back to using the phone? Right. <laughs> charming about it and it's all yes yes um so oh my gosh that's funny that you mentioned that because um so i came down here to our guest bedroom slash recording studio you know a couple just skated in a few minutes before we were going to start oh and there's john my 14 year old son sleeping in the guest bed Very conducive to podcast recording. No, I'm like, John, you either need to go upstairs or you need to be really quiet. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, now. <laughs> but I, uh, I think I'm going to win Mother of the Year award because I went uh, shopping this grocery shopping this morning, which I hadn't done in about ten days, and I was feeling especially benevolent when I was at Whole Foods and I got. John and his twin sister Daphne a case of yerba mate, their favorite flavor right. of yerba mate. And are are either one of your kids into yerba mate? You know, it's so funny because Adam um, picked it up at college that and, mm. and he has mentioned it to me, and I haven't indulged him. So <laughs> it is, it's um, you know, it's two ninety nine a can. It comes in kind of a tall, skinny can. I don't even know how many ounces it is, and. But, you know, at Whole Foods, if you buy a case, you get a case discount. And okay. then, and then pri- I'm a Prime member, so maybe I got a little bit more on top of that. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mainly, I, you know, I don't drink caffeine. It is just a jitter bug fest in a can. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I wrote about Yerba Mate a really long time ago for the New York Times. And so I was at Outdoor Retailer and I, at a trade show, and I drank one at noon and I was still buzzing 12 hours later after spending the rest of the afternoon at a trade show, flying home from Salt Lake City and, oh. you know, getting into bed at like midnight. And I'm like, why can't I fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not pleasant. Um, but I don't know. I find teenagers are so into caffeine no matter how much. I, I don't let my kids drink coffee. Right. Um, yeah. Well, let me, I have a, a kind of an adjacent... Um, and again, it's a COVID-related caffeine story. Have you seen this? Uh, I think they, I think it's Dal- Dalgona coffee. It's it's mm. all over Instagram and whatnot. It's a it's a Korean type coffee. Uh-huh. And so Audrey keeps seeing these pictures of it. She asked me to buy instant coffee so she could make it, not because she drinks coffee, but she just wanted to make it. Oh, jeez. Because it's pretty. And so it's you have to buy instant coffee. So it's instant coffee. It's one part instant coffee, one part sugar, one part hot water. And then you whip it all up and pour it on top of milk. So I, I love coffee. And so I had had one Sunday morning, I'd already had my regular cup of coffee. Then she decided to make it. And I had that on top of it. And I guess it's the 
you know, the concentrated um, instant coffee, like the yeah. caffeine value must be off the charts. And I, <laughs> I was just ill all day with my regular coffee and that coffee, it was awful. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was tasty, I will admit, and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, I just, oh gosh, caffeine just is, it, oh, I really don't like that sensation. And I you know, like, like yeah. and, and pretty much the, it's not the only source of caffeine I get is in caffeinated goos and goo energy gels. And yeah. so, you know, if I go out on a 15 mile run, something like that, I'll have, I don't know, two of the gels will be caffeinated. And then I get back and I, am fatigued in a certain way, but I'm also buzzing. And yeah. so, you know, I just, I'm like, okay, I'll just lay here. And <laughs> you know, reading is too much effort, but yet I can't fall asleep. So, so I'll just like lay there with the dog and I don't know, I don't watch TV during the day. And so I'm like, I'll just lay here and, and just lay here. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. <laughs> so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, um, but I do in the evening, I do indulge watching. So um, you and I, cause you and I really bonded, really bonded <laughs> over our intrigue. <laughs> With Netflix Tiger King. We went a little down the rabbit hole together. <laughs> we did. We did. Um, we had some Zoom calls with um, Adrian Martini and my best friend, um, Chalkley in Brooklyn. So it was a good excuse to get together. Kind of a random assemblage of women. But, so. Yes, it really was. It was fun. <laughs> it was very fun. It was very fun. Um, so... Um, so now I want to hear, since we love that so much, I figure we need to find new shows together. And so yeah. um, I am loving, loving Mrs. America on Hulu. I do want to check that out. I really do. I hear it's really good. Oh my gosh. And so it, it originally, it would air on FX and then I, you know, a couple hours later, I think it would air on a Wednesday night and then a couple hours later it would show up on Hulu. And so I kind of sensed I'd want to binge it. So I didn't want to start right when it came out. So I finally started it and oh, it, I mean, Kate Blanchett stars as Phyllis Schlafly. Oh mm. my gosh, she's divine. Mm. And just all these, you know, big name actresses, you know, playing Bella Abzug and, you know, Gloria Steinem and all this stuff. And it, the production value is like Mad Men quality. You oh, know, wow. Just the ashtrays and the, you know, the wallpaper and the, the coffee mugs even, like everything. And then, the, the, you know, like they did this close-up of a um, rotary dial phone and it was this fabulous shade of coral. And it was like, not just, an, I can just see the prop person being like, yeah, I, we got white ones. We got ecru colored ones back in the, you know, the prop room. But man, I found this coral one at this <laughs> secondhand store. And, <laughs> this nails it. Yeah, yeah. So, so whoever did it, I appreciated it, okay? Um, so, and you know, I really don't know all that much about that era, and yeah. uh, women, women's rights movement and um, it kind of overlapping with the, you know, Nixon and the, um, all this stuff. And so it's really a, an interesting time in, in kind of modern history, I guess you'd call that, mm -hmm. right? Right? Would, yeah. would young people even call that modern history? No, they would not, but we would. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good, good. We're in agreement on that. Good. Uh, so just, just, oh, it's really, um, the acting is just phenomenal. So no, I've got to start that. Yes. Yes. And oh, and beautiful costumes. Oh, the costumes she wears mm -hmm. are, and she just looks divine in them. So, um, and then, um, Daphne, my 14 year old, 
unlike her big sister and her twin brother, um, both of those two will watch TV with me. Daphne just never wants to watch TV with me. So does, so Audrey, your daughter is the same age. Will she yeah. watch much TV with you? Um, she says that I'm annoying. So she, <laughs> can I talk too much and come like, we did watch, uh, is it, is it the cut? The one, uh, the Heidi, the, you know, oh, making the, the cut, making the cut. Making oh, that was cut. quite good. Yeah. We, yeah. We did watch that last night and I drove her insane. So I was like, who's your favorite? What do you think? <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah, she does tend to try to get away from me when it comes to TV watching. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, she just will have none of it, but finally, I don't know what it was, but she was like, okay, I'll watch. So I, um, had us watch the first two episodes of Never Have I Ever on Netflix, mm-hmm. which the New York Times watching newsletter, which I think is the most fabulous newsletter other than another Mother Runners, is um, that they had um, very much compared it to my so-called life with oh, yeah. uh, young Claire Danes, which mm-hmm. is just so fabulous. And I've been watching on so DVD. Um, so, but it's far more racy than that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, well, Audrey watched that one on her own because I brought it up to her the other day because I read about it mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I've already seen it. So, um, I'll make yeah. her watch it again. It would, it's definitely, it's very funny. You know, Minda Kaling is the um, creator and maybe yeah. she has some other role on it. Oh, it's very funny. And it's really awesome because it has a really diverse cast and, um, you know, it, it's, it's very much of this century, um, you know, of the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, well, you know, yeah. but, but I would say not for people much younger than 14. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 And then, <laughs> and then, um, so I've been watching a lot of things because then the other thing, John, my, um, Daphne's twin brother, 14, um, we've been watching self-made on Netflix, which is about the first African-American self-made millionaire. Yes. Well, um, isn't he also the, the first, um, female millionaire in, in the United States, I think, isn't she? I see. I thought so too. And then when I did a quick Google search, cause I, cause it was a lot of adjectives to get in a row. So I yeah. wanted to make sure I got them right. So yeah. it might be that she was the first self-made female millionaire as well. So yeah. 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 So, and it is, um, that's Madam CJ Walker and who I had never heard of before I started watching it. And so when John and I were watching it, he said something, I'm like, Oh, how'd you know that? He goes, Oh, we studied Madam CJ Walker at school. And oh, I was cool. like, I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And then um, he and his twin sister go to separate schools. And um, so she come, Daphne came in and started watching part of it. She goes, oh, is this about Madam C.J. Walker? Like, oh, wow. why, yes, it is. Have you studied her? She's like, mom, of course. That's so great. <laughs> I, know, I think so too. So, that is awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, improvement over what we got, right? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. I mean, the whitewashing of history maybe perhaps mm-hmm. is starting to slowly fade, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So let's jump into our topic. Um, you approached me with this topic, which I really appreciate. So thank you. Um, and we are going to be talking about what races will look like once they resume. And you got to participate in a Running USA webinar about the topic, which you'll detail for us. And then we'll talk with the director of the Missoula Marathon about the decision that he and his board just made and announced this morning um, for the race scheduled for June 28. We will hold you in suspense while we take this brief break. Stay with us. 
Okay, Amanda, you've now shifted from co-host to be my first guest. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you want to adjust in your chair or something. Um, uh, so tell folks about the Running USA, if it was indeed a webinar that you were on, including um, explain what Running USA is and then why you were on that call. Sure. So Running USA is um, essentially a trade organization for the running industry. So um, members um, typically include um, race directors mainly, I think. And then, um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming there are also brand members. Um, Dimity, Dimity was on the board of Running USA for a while. Right. I forgot yes. about that. She had, to, she had to step down due to um, a little oversched, being a little overscheduled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, um, so, yeah, they've been, ever since um, the COVID crisis started unfolding, they've been holding these... Um, I don't know, like every other week or so, um, the, these uh, webinars and, um, you know, the, this just kind of keeping, um, it, kind of brainstorming sessions for members and, um, you know, advice and whatnot. And, um, and this last one that I, that I sat in on was, was, uh, you know, kind of a look at, at, at where we go from here, um, mm. at the racing industry, you know, what, what, what kind of things are going to have to be put in place. And I think there were something like 500 people um, wow. sitting in on this. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. So um, there was a lot of, Oh my goodness. It, it was fascinating to me because I, I think, you know, we think of it as pretty straightforward and, and um, you know, canceling or holding a race. And there are just so many contingencies that, that, I mean, it didn't even cross my mind until, you know, I was, <laughs> I was listening in on this and I, I just was kind of blown away by, how many things have to be thought of before you can pull up a race in this new environment? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's it right there in a nutshell. Um, you know, that it's, I think when I know when I was thinking about, when I think about races, I just think about, wow, getting all those people together. That's a lot of people at, you know, I envision the start or I envision, you know, running, actually running it, but you know, so, so let's take it step by step. Um, starting with the, with expos, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of people together and inside. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Huge issue right there. Um, so they were, you know, talking about ways to manage expos in the future. Um, you know, one could be, um, for the most part, if you're in the right, I guess, climate, um, you know, holding it outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that obviously because of weather that has, um, <laughs> potential holes in that idea, but, um, and then other ideas, you know, things that they were thinking about are, um, you know, for the most part, mailing you, your bib and shirt and whatnot ahead of time. Um, you know, sponsors could, you know, have different things included in there and the, the packet that goes out to you. Um, other ideas included timed entry so oh. that you only have so many people, you know, in space at, at one time. That seems like one of the most feasible ideas. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, maybe cause having- I think about, you know, sorry for, a, for, um, you know, a person who has been a vendor at many an expo, I think about, well, if that revenue was lost to our brand, to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the races make, depending on the size of them, they, they can make a fair bit of money at, from the expo, you know, you have to Absolutely. pay to have a booth and, and they sell all that stuff. They, Absolutely. you know, yeah, gosh, I mean, I just envision, you know, twin cities or Chicago and all the stuff they have there. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so to, to take, to take expos completely out of the equation, that makes a race far less financially rewarding. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, and I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from all of this that everyone should keep in mind when they're thinking about, you know, a race is that it is an ecosystem, you know, mm-hmm. one, one piece depends on the next depends on the next, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you know, and, and then within, within expos, you know, even with the timed entry, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, it's going to, it's going to look a lot like retail of the future, which is going to be, you know, socially distanced and um, you know, potentially masks, whatever it might be. Um, race packets may include masks. Um, and it's, you know, it's actually kind of a, um, becomes a new fun way for sponsors to get their name on merchandise, (laughs) you know, like put, put, put the, you know, some main sponsor's name on the mask and, and, you know, include that in the packet. Um, I have to say that our hat manufacturer, Boko Gear, uh, has started making masks. And so, you know, I got all, I was like, oh, we could make another mother runner mask. And then I thought, oh, I, th- I don't know, this was three weeks ago. I thought, oh, that's ridiculous. By the time we get them, no one would need them. And now I'm like, oh, that was short-sighted of me. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I think masks are part of our culture for quite a while. So yeah, I think you should make them. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so those are like, you know, some of the big, you know, and, and then also think about it at an expo, um, all the samples, the food samples that yes. you, you know, like that's got to, you know, probably come off the table for the time mm-hmm. being, um, you know, the drinks that, you know, just there are so many touch points in an expo and um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to navigate and a lot to figure out. So um, yeah, that's one place. And it's, it's disappointing because, I mean, I think about a lot of my favorite um, kind of food snacky treat items, and I found out about them at Expos. Expo, you know, right. I, I mean, right. I, Seven Sundays Mueslicks, um, so good. They were right next to us at Twin Cities. There was this, um, I'm not remembering the brand, I have it upstairs, but um, this kind of um, hummus that had like, not it was kind of like chocolate hummus or something. I don't, it was, Oh, it had peanut butter in it. That's what it was. And it was, Oh, it was super duper tasty. I keep meaning to find it at at, um, Costco or something, but yeah, you know, and all the chips I'd sampled and I don't know, baby carrots. and Right. right. I mean, you know, you can make a meal out of an expo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So then let's move on to the thing that springs to mind when one thinks of race, you know, starting corrals and start time. Yeah. Um, and, and again, another um, minefield because mm-hmm. um, we're, you know, can any of us right now picture cramming into a corral and being shoulder to shoulder with all that humanity? I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it's something else they're going to have to think about. And, um, you know, again, how do you spread out the corrals? Do you have a huge variety of start times and waves and, you know, only allowing certain numbers within the corral? Um you know, and then is it self-seated or, you know, mm-hmm. all these things come into play now, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that they're all going to have to be looking at. Of course, of course, you know, we, we have to keep in mind um, some of these issues are so much bigger with the race size. Um, but, you know, and then also, you know, fans and, and spectators, are we going to allow them to be lining up along, you know, yeah. the in a corral and you've got all those people right along the line, uh, right along the side of the corral cheering you on, you know, as you start and um, how do you yeah. manage that? How do you manage that? Yeah. yeah, that hadn't even occurred to me. Spectators. I mean, cute. <laughs> I mean, what you and I both run Boston and, and the, right. the amazing, the will remember for the rest of my life is that feeling going down Boylston street 
you know, I felt like I was Bono and, you know, Mick Jagger at the same time. Like everybody was cheering for me. Um, What are these races without that? You know? Yeah. 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 Um, so, and then water and aid stations, you know, I just think back even just a few years ago, um, probably, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago when, um, rock and roll Las Vegas got, there was such heated controversy because there were all these, um, uh, volunteers handing out water without gloves on and they yeah. were like holding them with their fingers in the cups and they'd use water from fire hydrants and people were right. just so up in arms. And now it's like, Oh, how quaint must that have been? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is another big one, but you know what, this is a place where, um, the trail running community kind of leads the way because um, the last few years, I don't know if you've run any trail races, but it's definitely becoming a thing where they expect you to carry your own water. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will have, they might have, um, you know, they might have some big coolers or pitchers where you can swing up and, and, you know, like a a quick release valve that'll let the water, you know, quick flow valve, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And the water will come out really quickly so you can refill and keep going. Um, that's, you know, one thing that they're looking at for road races is, is that you would carry your own. Another mm-hmm. option is, and again, another thing from the trail running community, um, are, are collapsible cups. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's a, it's an opportunity for sponsors to put their, you know, their logo mm-hmm. on it or something like that. You can, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a good selling point. Give everyone a, a collapsible cup and they have to carry it on, you know, on race day, um, up to the aid station. But, you know, that yeah I think the days of like grabbing cups from people are maybe you know not not where people want to be right now um I know and and then I think about the volunteers in general you know are there you know you think about the cub scouts that do it or um PTSA groups that do it I mean that's why I was a volunteer at a race in December and just are they going to want to put themselves in that situation to you know be in contact with so many people yeah, that's, that's definitely a huge question mark. And um, I think across the board, all the race directors agreed, it's going to be time to do more with less as far as volunteers go. Um, you know, just going to have to get more efficient. Um, and then the biggest, biggest one, which I think everyone needs to realize going forward right now and, and for quite a time to come, while we're treating COVID, um, you know, medical volunteers, it, it, it's just not practical to think that there are going to be medical volunteers available to man a race course right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even, and even like, you know, when, when COVID is first over, you know, there, this is a community that's going to be very, very burned out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about volunteering their time for races really is probably not going to be super high on their priority list. So, um, yeah. 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 Um, Sorry, Alex, you're going to have to, to, I'm writing, I'm writing as furiously as I can that quote, but, um, (laughs) 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 Um, I'm just, we don't have any images for this. So I have to get a lot of quotes so then we can make, you know, like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, The pull. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I'll be silent and we'll do it. All right. All good things to consider. Let's finally talk about the finish area after party. I I think that's going to very yeah. different. It's going to be very different also, you know, the, the idea of, of concerts and beer gardens and, um, mm-hmm. you know, even the tables set up with food that you walk through and grab, you know, um, 
uh, that's that's dicey, right? I mean, that's um, how do you figure that one out? So, um, you know, no one has answers to any of this yet. Um, but these are all places that that I think everyone, all the race directors agreed, these are all places that are just going to have to change, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to take, you know, a lot of ingenuity to pull it off. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know corrals as you as you finish. I mean, shoots as you come through, you know, all crowded together, getting backed up. I mean, I can remember running in the New York City half a few years ago, and I felt like I was, you know, um, in in that finish line shoot, and then like kind of caged in in the masses. Oh my gosh! Like an extra mile before I could get out of there. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's just the big events are really really going to be tough to pull off for some time to come. Yeah, yeah. I know this is nothing that anyone wants to hear. <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, I mean, thinking about that, it seems to me like maybe kind of smaller, more local races might be able to resume before the the larger ones because it's. Yeah. And we'll get into this with our next guest about you know it's not just about the racers coming together and being with each other, but it's those racers from different parts of the country, different mm-hmm. parts of maybe other countries mm-hmm. coming into a community. Yes. And, yeah. and interacting with all the locals. And as yeah. we hear more about, you know, oh, well, the strain that of COVID that's in, you know, on the East Coast is much more virulent than the one that's out here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And there was just, again, I think, going back to the Times, I think there was just an article today that was showing how so much of, um, of, of um, the New York City community, you know, moving out, like a large community going out across the country at different times before they were, you know, before people realized they were infected, how that spread, you mm-hmm. know, quickly around the country. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, are, does anyone want to be bringing people in from all over the place for a while? Probably not. I know. You know? I know. I know. So, I mean, what's your, I, I realize that um, you, unlike um, all of us, don't have a crystal ball. I mean, what's your sense of when, races will resume particularly you know the these bigger ones in the fall yeah i mean i i mean i know i'm debbie downer here but i don't i don't know how the fall ones can possibly go off those I, you know yeah i agree you were saying like there's a there's a whole slew of them back to back to back and they're the big massive ones and i just don't how do we like <laughs> we, we we have so much more to figure out first before we can even start thinking about really big events where there's a races or anything else you know like mm-hmm. those are gonna to me that's going to be like the last thing that comes online is, you know, our, our entertainment world and our, our races and our big events. And, you know, um, yeah, it, it's, it makes them seem like luxury items. almost. Yeah, you know? And yeah. that it's like, we just got to get the essentials in place. Yeah. You know, yeah. and to have to, cause then, cause if, if we, you know, inch up hopefully in, in the recovery process and then it's like, okay, well we got to keep, keep moving in the right direction and is having a big race that's drawing people from around the globe or around the States into one locality. Is that really the most yeah. smart move? And also, I mean, I think just coming out of the pandemic, it's not going to be linear, right? We're going to, you know, I, I think the, the best description I heard was it's, it's going to be, we're going to dance out a little bit and then we're going to have to dance back in, you know, and then the, out a get, the hammer, and, the hammer, be hit the with hammer, the hammer. Right. It, was, it was the daily. It was the daily. Yeah, yeah. daily. Exactly. And, and I mean, I just think that seems like the most logical way that it's really is going to, you know, all come, come out. So I, I, I it's, it's a mistake for any of us to think we're on this direct line up mm-hmm. to normalcy. It's, it's yeah. not going to be that quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
All right. Um, well, thank you, Amanda. Um, that was um, sobering, but I think um, obviously very informative and interesting to hear. So thank you for sharing. So if you could please now put your co-host back, co-host hat back on and join me in welcoming our next guest, Tony Banovich, the executive director of Run Wild Missoula and the race director of the Missoula Marathon, the race I've been training for. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a big day for the Missoula Marathon in a way that we all wish it didn't have to happen. And I've not let any spoilers out yet. So can you um, share with us the news of the day as it relates to Missoula Marathon? Yeah, absolutely. So we had to make the uh, um, unfortunate choice to cancel our race um, the last Sunday in June, June 28th. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a um, as the headline in the local papers um, has presented it in their online coverage, it was a big old gut punch. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It made me when, when um, I read it, I got kind of um, uh, almost a sweaty chill over my whole body. I'm like, Oh, I knew it was coming, but um, it's no fun to find out. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I got that same chill from you. Cause I had the, even, <laughs> even, even though I knew it was coming, I still got the same chill yeah. when I pushed that send button for the yeah. emails. Yeah. I bet you did. I bet you did. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, now, Tony, can you um, let us know how long you've been the race director at, at this marathon? Yeah, so I've been the race director. This would have been my um, sixth marathon um, as race director, and um, this was our 14th year. and And I've been involved in the, with the race in some form or another um, for all but the very first edition of the Missoula Marathon. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I should say that Dimity and I were going to be the um, headline speakers at the Missoula Marathon. So, um, so, but we, we've promised to come back in 2021. We're, um, we're already promoting you guys coming back. You got, you, you got to carry it through. You made that commitment to me yesterday and you're on the hook now. <laughs> most certainly, most certainly. That is actually um, also the day that Dimity's um, daughter turns 18. So I think she has a year, uh, a year and change to break the news to her. <laughs> <laughs> bring her, bring her with. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, so, all right. So this decision obviously was a long time in the making, you know, it wasn't like you woke up today and we're like, yeah, I think we'll just cancel it. Um, so can you give us a glimpse, Tony, into the decision-making process? Cause I think it'll give listeners insight and, and we hope sympathy for all the race directors out there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, we did have some time, and you know, in some ways, I'm I'm not so sure if that was better um, or worse than the you know the guys like uh, um, Jane A Racing out at um, Shamrock Beach, um, mm-hmm. you know, marathon. You know, they had what a you know a, a week uh-huh. um, to make that, that decision yeah. and pull that trigger. You know, so I, I'm not sure which is better, but yeah, we had you know we had plenty of time. Um, you know, on March 15th, we all know that. Um, in the um, racing world are, you know, that's when things kind of came to that big screeching halt with the CDC um, um, edict that came out at that point. And Mm -hmm. so we've had that whole time to be, you know, going about it. And so we, we quickly realized what that may mean for us, um, Mm -hmm. knowing, you know, that the first um, delay on group um, activities runs through this coming weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. on May um, um, 10th. Mm-hmm. And so we saw what that may mean. So we quickly pivoted, got ready and evaluated, okay, if we have to cancel this race, what does that mean to our participants? Mm-hmm. And so we quickly developed 
what those what options we were going to provide to our participants. We looked at our financials, looked at what we thought could work for us, what um, we could do. And so we put that out way back in early April um, mm -hmm. to tell people if we have to cancel, here's what you can expect. Mm -hmm. um, and then we use that time in between to undertake our due diligence of talking to our medical director, talking to our um, city county health department. We um, talked to all, not all, but we talked to some of our frontline volunteers that were the ones that were going to be the most impacted by face-to-face -face interaction with our participants. Talk to our permitting agencies, talk to our race committee, talk to um, our board of directors and gathered as much data as we could to really, you know, come to the conclusion when we made the decision that we were going to be comfortable with whatever that decision was. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and we are, as unfortunate as it is, yeah, we are comfortable with it. Um, it's just not the decision we at all wanted to have to make. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you um, detail for everybody uh, what options you offered to um, participants? Yeah, um, so we have offered um, 50% refund on your um, entry fees, mm -hmm. a deferral to next year at um, uh, no cost, a um, option for a virtual race, and the option to make a donation back to Run Wild Missoula. And for those donations to get made to us, so we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, out of those donations, and we'll split them evenly between ourselves, Opportunity Resources, which is a local group um, assisting developmental, developmentally disabled people, um, Youth Homes, which is a local group that does things with um, um, disadvantaged um, children and youth, and the Missoula Food Bank. Mm -hmm. And then within each of those, so, you know, we, like a lot of races, we try to provide a variety of um, um, added value items for our runners. So we had some optional race purchases. So you could uh, you could buy a an iTab. Um, uh, it's a little thing that you you know can engrave your time on the back of it and it gets adhered to the back of your race medals. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. had a post-race massage opportunity. We had finisher shirts. And so if you had purchased one of those under any of our options, we will refund you 100% of those costs um, mm -hmm. as well, um, other than the donation cost. We're asking, hey, we just asked you to donate all your fee, you know, if you're willing to do that. But for the virtual run, the deferral, and the 50% refund, if you have one of those other add-ons, we'll, we'll get you all of that money back because there was no cost to us up front to have to deal with those. So it's only mm -hmm. fair to give it all back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what you all were so great about keeping, you know, I obviously was registered for the race. So I got all the emails from you all. And you're so great about how you and the committee handled the communications over the past few months. It was just really spectacular. And um, even though there was still no answer, at least it was like, it's like, you know, when, when you're on hold and when they come back on, oh, we're still, you still there? You still with me? We'll become more mitch, you know, rather than just being yeah. like, am I, am I still on hold? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what were you hearing from participants during the decision-making process and now since the announcement? Um, in the decision-making process, you know, because we came out so early with what um, our options would be, 
Um, we got a lot of feedback at that point. It was all really quite good. Um, most people understood what what that you know what those were. Um, for the most part, they appreciated that we were able to provide a um, fifty percent refund. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can talk some more about you know how we get to that refund amount and what what all's involved there. But um, you know, so the feedback was pretty good, and we would hear um, periodically from our participants more. More so, the uh, I think the prevailing wisdom, especially from our p- participants locally in Missoula, was they really felt it was not going to happen, and they were willing to support that decision. And this was building up to you know before we made the call. Mm-hmm. And since we made the call, that's kind of been the same way. Um, especially our local people really felt it was the right decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, are out of towners for the most part, they get it. I don't think it's any surprise yeah, you know, to sure. most folks. There, uh, that was surprising. I actually was shocked that there were a few people that said, I'm so shocked that this is your, this is what's going to happen. I really oh. thought you would still have it. Um, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what you're following, you know, because yeah. it seems pretty obvious what was coming. <laughs> but yeah. so it's funny because I, I am an eternal optimist and, and you know, I was still following and I'm still following my training plan religiously. And um, I said something about it on a call with some of the members of Team AMR. And Dimity was like, Sarah, you know the race is going to get canceled, right? And I was like, it hasn't been canceled yet, though. Yeah, you, you just <laughs> never know. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, and never I, know. Think, I think also part of it is, is, you know, you all are in Montana, you know, a, a state that has been held up as kind of this shining example of, of handling the coronavirus situation. I mean, just today, as we record this on Thursday, you know, there was a tiny bit of school openings in, in Montana um, that I heard about on NPR. Yeah. And so... So, and you also mentioned the the local community. Um, can you talk about that? Because when you and I talked on the phone recently, and you know, just talking about, like, yeah, Montana has done such a good job. Like, do they really want all these outsiders coming in? You know, like you kind of got a nice, nicest bubble going on yeah. there. Yeah, we have done a great job. You know, our, our governor Steve Bullock, um, who also happens to be a runner. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, um, you know, and he has done a great job of kind of leading the charge here in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, obviously our, our, what we call our larger cities, which to most people are still small towns, but in our yes. larger cities, um, the city county health departments have also done a good job. And because of that, you know, we, I, and I, I haven't, I don't watch the numbers as closely as I had been, but I believe we're still under 500 cases in the entire mm-hmm. state. Um, wow. I think the vast majority, I think, out of those, over 90% have now recovered. Um, mm-hmm. The last I'd look over the weekend, we had like five people in hospitals. Mm-hmm. And we've done a great job. You know, yeah. I think we, we've had less than 20 deaths. Um, yeah. You know, so our, our transmission rate's been low. Um, the people that have caught the virus has been low. The mortality rate's been low. Great yeah. stuff, right? It's come at a price, you know. Mm-hmm. Stay-at-home orders. Um, non-essential businesses all closed. Um, and we're closed for several weeks. They're now starting to gradually reopen and everybody's watching what's going to happen. But, um, you know, and as much as people want to um, gripe about, you know, I can't, you know, I, I'm not supposed to go anywhere except to get groceries or whatever, you know, my, my, you know, we can't go out to bars, we can't go to restaurants. 
at the same point, they take great pride in saying, okay, let's take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I don't think it's so much that people say we don't want outsiders to come in. It's kind of like, we like outsiders, but maybe not right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's lots of places out there that haven't been as mm -hmm. diligent. Um, mm -hmm. We've still got a lot of stuff going on, you know, with a lot of people um, carrying, you know, carrying the virus. We know we have that whole issue of the um, asymptomatic people, mm -hmm. you know, and so they may show up here, you know, and from wherever, you know, I mean, there's, you know, we all, we all know what those stories are, right? Yeah, yeah. And nobody wanted to see that come to, Mont you know, to Montana um, and, you know, see it explode here in Missoula. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I, I got on, I jumped onto the, you know, call here, um, you know, prior to the end of you guys getting on get, or getting finished. And I heard, you know, Amanda talking about the, uh, um, you know, medical personnel being, um, wiped out and, and that. And, and I know that's been the case in a lot of places. Fortunately, in Montana, we've been lucky and that's not been the case. And everybody's saying we want to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you know? great. Yeah. 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 So, um, Tony, if you were to, we, Sarah and I did this a little bit earlier, but we, we kind of crystal balled it. And if you were to look forward and maybe even a year from now, and when you picture your race um, coming back and, you know, how do you, how do you see it looking or, or, you know, how, do, how will it be different? Do you think at this point, I know, it's, you know, again, it's um, speculating, but what, what do you think will be different? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the, that's the, um, the huge question, right? Um, you know, I know Amanda, you've, you've been part of some of those um, running USA webinars. People have talked about a lot of things, um, and which are which are all good, I think. But I don't think they're getting at the real heart of the issue, which is, um, you know, when we sit down there where you're talking about federally or the state level and talking about phase one, two and three openings and that and everybody's talking about, OK, we can now go in groups of 10 and maybe we can get to groups of 50. That's all great. But nobody's talking about how do we get from dozens of people to tens of thousands mm -hmm. um you know and some of the you know some of the things like the you know the couple of aid stations um you know you know some of those those are all good things and those are good things for a variety of reasons but um man it's a it's going to be a tough climb um for our industry for um concerts mm -hmm. um theaters you know, live um, theater performances, uh, uh, major sports events, whether that's college or professional, you know, I, boy, I, I just don't know what those answers are at all. And, and there's, a, there's a few people starting to talk about that, but it not, not real significantly yet in the running industry. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I, I would love to say June, 2021, we're going to have 8,000 people here in Missoula. Sure. And I really hope that, and that's what we're going to plan for. Um, we're also going to plan for what happens if that's not the case, how, you know, and, um, you know, we're, we're internally, so, you know, we're, we're a, a local nonprofit running club. We, we own and produce the Missoula Marathon, but we do a, a variety of races all year long um, outside of that. You know, we, we, we touch as many runners through the rest of the year as we touch during marathon weekends. So, you know, we're doing a lot of this. And, you know, I know you guys were talking about what's it going to look like in the fall. We're working to be prepared for what are, are we going to be prepared to go completely virtual in the fall? Are we going to have to come up with some other business model for the fall? 
Um, and internally, we're starting to have those discussions now to figure out what does that look like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. Let's end on a high note. Describe um, something beautiful you saw in Missoula recently. Well, I, so I, I'll describe something better too. So I live in a, my primary residence is in a small town of like a thousand people outside of about 80 miles outside of Missoula. Uh-huh. And that's where I've been holed up here for the, uh, um, um, for the last six weeks. And um, so just on Sunday morning, I went out for a run around on my property and I ran into six elk, um, three white-tailed deer and a turkey. So that's a pretty spectacular way to start your morning on a, on a weekend. Nice. Yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I saw a coyote in my neighborhood last night here in, in inner Portland. Um, yeah. That, that, yeah that, that, no, it's still cool. You know, a little, little dicey in, in uh, midtown Portland, but still pretty cool. Yeah. 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 It was, I saw, I was not running. I was, uh, my son and I go out on the porch uh, at 7 p.m. and I have a cowbell that I shake with all my might, shake my moneymaker. And, um, and he, I give him two, um, lids from pots and he bangs them together and uh and it scared this um ju- what looked like a juvenile coyote and so it ran out from one neighbor's uh yard into another neighbor's yard and then trotted down the sidewalk um heading east so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right tony well i hope we see you next june i hope we see you as well i that yeah. will make that will make my day if i get to um See you and Dimity on Marathon Weekend next year. That means things have gone well and we're going to have a good weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, you're a dear heart, Tony. Take good care. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I really like Tony so much. It makes makes my heart hurt for the, for the race participants, for the community, for Tony himself. Um, so, yeah, for sure. For sure. yeah. 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 So I um, have to do a promo, but it starts with a very interesting tale. It is um, came to me in a vision three nights ago, a sweatshirt to really honor the Missoula marathon and the mileage and the effort that people put into it. And it literally came to me while I was kind of dozing in the middle of the night that um, the phrase miss you is in Missoula, M-I-S-S, and then skip the O and there's a U. Um, I think maybe I've been listening to too much Taylor Swift and you know, you can't spell <laughs> awesome without me. Um, so, um, so anyway, so did um, envision this sweatshirt that says um, Missoula Marathon 2020, but that it is the way the letters are done. It, you see that it says Missoula Marathon 2020, and then, but the way it's done to look at, you also see that it says Miss You Marathon 2020. So I I'm, have no artistic skills. And so I sketched it out and showed it, sent a picture of it to our designer who lives in the UK. And she came back to us like 10 hours later with these awesome designs. And, um, and I shared it with a couple Bammers who um, were planning to do the race. And I was like, hey, we're thinking if it gets canceled, we're launching the sweatshirt. And they're like, take my money now. So um, it is our first um, it's a unisex sweatshirt. And so it's the first time that we're actually marketing to um, men and non-binary runners and women. So very excited about that. Um, so, and we are giving $10, it's a $40 sweatshirt and 10 of each of those dollars will go to Run Wild Missoula. So giving back to the community. 
And um, yeah, and we're going to be taking pre-orders on those until May 15th. And that's in motherrunnerstore.com. You find it on the homepage. Um, it's also under Lifestyle Tees, but again, uh, motherrunnerstore.com. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm-hmm.